happy Monday and welcome back for an all new week of the Apollo 13 Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Chris Henry at the EAA Aviation Museum up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And we are back with the family drama again. Uh, it's Halloween and uh, Jim's come home as a uh, he looks like he's dressed as an astronaut i think <laughs> sure looks like it <laughs> i talked about that cool jacket the other day yeah yeah and uh uh i guess uh he managed to interrupt a uh, middle of a mother-daughter fight there but uh he's got some more interesting news and this is actually a real event it's just misplaced in the lovell family history he did come home and mention uh changing out plans to go to acapulco uh family friends had a had a condo in Acapulco they would uh, lo- loan out to the Lovells so they could get away from all the uh, the press and the publicity. A, uh, in 1968, Jim came home and said that uh, he had a, a change in destination, that instead of Acapulco, he was going to the moon on Apollo 8. But once again, once again the story tells well, uh, so you might as well shoehorn it right in here to Apollo 13. Yeah, I couldn't... Uh... We all work in aviation or, or something different here, and we all have our hobbies or our favorite pastimes and, and aviation. I, I mention aviation because it happens a lot, but I've obviously I've never given the statement that I'm going to the moon, but I've come into my wife and say, you know how we planned on doing that, and I've gotten the uh huh. <laughs> so <laughs> I can relate. I can relate to several portions yeah. of this clip actually. <laughs> but honey, it's a, and then insert name of model here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And then you started making those those uh, uh, wing shape motions with your arms and all the there I was moves. With- exactly, <laughs> yeah. But but I gotta have this, you know. <laughs> this plane has this stuff on it, so yeah. So, uh, and Marilyn is used to this. I mean, she's very uh, <laughs> she's she's been through it uh, three times oh before. So uh, this is not not news. By the time that he came on Apollo 13, did I hear it right that he was the most traveled astronaut at NASA? Is that right? Right. Yeah, that was uh, that was his uh, his his uh, claim to fame, and uh, wow. he was he was also one of the uh, one of the, until Apollo 10, and just because of the uh, position of the moon, he was one of the furthest traveling astronauts uh, in wow. in history. So uh, I don't uh, he didn't have the right hand. Wait, did he ever have the right-hand seat on Apollo 8? I can't remember which seat he was in. He was in the middle seat, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Four. Boy, I'm mixing up which seat's which, but... Borman would be left seat, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so he'd be in the middle seat. That's right. So he was in the middle seat. So, who, yeah, uh, Bill Anders being on the right-hand side as they as they backed around the moon, I would think that he would be the furthest one away just <laughs> because he was the furthest, <laughs> furthest over as they were decelerating around the, the back of the moon. But, uh, yeah, he was one of the three furthest traveling men in, uh, well, at, at the end of, you know, two years previous to this, he was at the, uh, actually the year previous to this, he was one of the furthest traveled men. Um, oh, that's incredible. I couldn't imagine. You know, just looking at, and he's wearing that jacket again, and we get a, we get a good view of the Apollo 8 patch, which I think is one of the most clever and novel uh, patches. It's not round for one thing. And uh, just the way it incorporates the number eight as a uh, circumlunar, uh, uh, yeah, it basically has their flight path as a figure eight. Yeah. Very impressive. Absolutely. And then the overall patch is sort of the shape of the command module. I mean, that's, yes. you know, kind of neat. Yeah, much different. Yeah, it's, uh, 
the artwork, I mean, most of the, the artwork was generated by the astronauts themselves, or if they, if they weren't artists, they knew people who could do a good job on things and, uh, creating, creating the different patches for the, uh, for, for the astronaut, uh, flights became quite a, uh, a bit of collecting. I mean, it's like people collecting Disney pins or coins or stamps and things like that. Just having a, having a patch let, uh, civilians, kind of have a, a little stake in the property that, you know, I, I know a lot of people with, uh, hats and things that have pins all over them of all the different, uh, shuttle flights they've seen or flight patches of people with their favorite, favorite admissions and things. It's a, it's a very common, uh, site at, uh, at launches and at, uh, conventions. We were very lucky here when we had the Apollo reunion, uh, Tim Gagnon, uh, designed a patch for us actually to use at air venture for the Apollo reunion. And it, it literally had, you know, the, uh, what, the eight astronauts, I believe, uh, um, including Gene Kranz on there, and little tributes to them. For example, Gene's uh, name is in white for his white flight, you know, and things like that. The Dean McDivitt, or, uh, you know, because we had planned on having Jim McDivitt here until he yeah. unfortunately couldn't make it, but, you know, the Dean McDivitt is red and stuff like that. It's pretty neat. It's a really, <laughs> really, really cool tribute to those guys. It was highly collectible. We sold out at the show. Like, wow. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, we sold out at the show, like, midweek. They were gone. You know, it goes, it goes from from fo- following the, uh, all this, this nasty history there to watching uh, the classic daddy-daughter stuff of, well, if mom says no, ask dad. Um, <laughs> I experienced and, that last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are, as as both fathers of daughters, <laughs> we know the drill. And oh, yeah. uh, and the, the staring at the ceiling and the eye rolls and stuff. But, you know, they, they eventually they grow out of it. I, I'm waiting, but you know, it's actually... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know when that happens. Yeah, so. yeah, no, but I get, I get, I, I still get, I, I become smarter as I get older. So that's a, that's one advantage of, of having a daughter. As they grow older, you suddenly, you know, gee, he's not that dumb, and he might even have advice. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that's one of the best parts of this film is that it shows you that no matter how, I mean, how crazy everything goes, the, the Lovell family has the same dynamics as any other family does. You have stresses and strains. It's difficult, you know. I mean, uh, Jim had a, a very difficult uh, work-life balance. And Marilyn, it doesn't come real across really in uh, this movie, but if you watch it From the Earth to the Moon, Marilyn eventually had to explain to uh, to Jim that uh, she had to keep a lot of stuff from him just so that he wasn't stressed about stuff at home. I mean, she had things like getting the kids tonsils taking taken out and stuff and didn't tell him because he was yeah. you know training and he uh you know a lot of that stuff he was later blindsided by when he finally found out oh, we had that this happened or that happened you know it's uh uh Marilyn did what she thought was best to keep you know to keep her family together and keep Jim uh on a stable playing field uh so the stress is incredible it's it's hard it's hard to imagine how you know how so many made it through. We've we've talked on previous episodes about uh, the divorce rate among astronauts was um, was sky high, at, you know, as, as compared with the general population for the '60s and '70s. I mean, it was it, was, it, it had held back until Don Isley uh, got a divorce, but once he did, the the dam broke, and a lot of a lot of families split up. Um, yeah, I mean, that I couldn't imagine this. You know, just the stress put on the whole family. Uh, doing something like this and you know imagine just one issue at home 
you know, of, of somebody having issues with work or something like that. Um, and then imagine, you know, complicated with, we have to, you know, uproot our family and move, you know, and then on yeah. top of it, I'm going away for long periods of a time and, and then I'm going to go into space and, you know, it's dangerous yeah. and, um, you know, and it eats up a lot of my time and, uh, yeah, and it'd be pretty tough. And then you have the, uh, you know, the time life photographers coming over yeah. and mom yeah. and dad telling everybody act normal, yeah, act yeah. Nor-, you know, and <laughs> when, when you see, when I was a kid looking at, even, even as a kid, I could see in life magazine, you saw these pictures of like the Armstrongs and the Collinses and the Aldrins getting together and having a barbecue and I was thinking, they all have different personalities and different backgrounds. I don't think they'd be getting together for a barbecue. <laughs> and they don't, you know, they don't, they have so little time with their own families that the idea of, hey, let's all get together, it just seemed made up. And, you know, quite a bit of it was. And just, yeah. it, it, but that, that was the persona they had. It to sold express. a good story, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just, well, Anyway, we we will talk more. Actually, we will be talking in the near future with uh, with some family members of astronauts. So that'll that'll be a we'll save that that discussion for a little bit later. Absolutely. Uh, um, and I feel feel sorry for poor Barbara who uh, she comes she comes into it to try try out the uh, costume with her dad, and her dad just doesn't <laughs> just not, <laughs> does not know what the what the stakes are, what the issues are. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Barbara. I, I've been there. Like I said just last night, where I'm fine with it and. <laughs> You know, mom is not. <laughs> I've you... made the wrong decision. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> Reminds me of the anything. old, uh, was it baseball uh, clips where they had the, you make the call, or is it yeah. football, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel like that sometimes. Yeah, you're waiting for the whistle <laughs> to blow, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, when, when Barbara first turns around to uh, to look at her dad, there she's she has like a, a couple of buttons hanging off of a... Um, a necklace there and one of them i for a moment i thought was the gemini 12 uh patch because it has a little curve of the the moon that's pumpkin color and i thought oh she's being you know it's an honor to adapt but it's just some orange button that's covered by a peace sign so I was, oh okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> that would have been pretty cool though cool, yeah uh, it would have cool yeah if it was yeah and of course you know this being a navy family they have uh pictures of uh, frigates and and stuff on the walls <laughs> I don't yeah know. that's uh it would be interesting to know what that was about, why they chose that. Was there a, you know, I, I understand a Navy family, but, you know, um, I, I would think in my head that they'd have Navy, you know, aircraft or a carrier or something. So I'm wondering if there's a story behind those pictures being placed there. Yeah, well, for, from what I understand, uh, uh, Jim Lovell is very big on the fleet. I mean, he was very much oh, was uh, a seagoing guy, yeah, and uh, I guess – Annapolis and things like that would, you know, if, if you've ever been to Annapolis, that whole place is just salty. It's very, very oh, yes. salt water base and uh, a lot of tall ships and stuff. So I think he has a very big sense of naval history and above all a Navy man. I mean, d- down to that, that ring that he wears. Oh, yeah. It would be definitely a, nautic- a nautical thing for him. And uh, I mean, it's he picked his uh, <laughs> he picked his house with a boat slip. So I'm assuming that he does like the water. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this I, I I really wish there were more things to talk about in this other than you know he's he's selling it as really good, but I think uh, the other side of Maryland trying to trying to puzzle this out like okay, there's another you know another thing I have to be happy about even though I'm not happy about it, and there yeah. goes instead of Acapulco, I'm going to have to sit down in front of the TV and watch Walter Cronkite explain to me how far away you are <laughs> <laughs> and talk over everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You kind of get a gist of, 
I think there's initial excitement for him. You even see that in the youngest daughter, and then it's kind of it immediately switches over to worry. Yeah, yeah, and she's definitely holding on to that uh, happy, pleased, and thrilled uh, expression that kind of locked in, of which she's had a lot of practice. I I have to say the costuming in this is very. 1969, 1970. Uh, my mom had a very similar um, uh, shirt that that uh, uh, Kathleen Kathleen uh, Quinlan's wearing there with the white. I think every everybody's mom had white piping on the outside of a, a shirt. That was like <laughs> that was the standard issue. And uh, that was mom it, uniform right there. Yeah, ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Um, I still can't get over the jacket. I love. I love that. That's yeah. I don't know what, what that era jacket or what that specific style jacket's called, but I love the color on that and um, the blue one too. I know they're making replicas of those now, and like I said, I foolishly thought that Jim was wearing a really nice replica. Yeah. That every, it was like, <laughs> oh, that no, that's just his jacket. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and I have I have a really strong feeling that Tom Hanks went home with that jacket. <laughs> I think he, I'm pretty sure Tom kept yeah. that. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to ask him that. <laughs> Uh, well, someday. A boy can dream. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keep, keep checking the email. Um, <laughs> Will do. Yeah. Uh, well, this is uh, an, inter- an interesting opening to, to what's coming. I mean, now he's he's on the mission. We're going to find out uh, a little bit more in the coming days or in the coming minutes of uh, what's what's entailed for uh, uh, the simulations coming up and so much. You know, okay. Oh, I was going to say, one thing we ought to talk about is Alan Shepard's ear infection. Yeah. Um, you know, there was something that uh, Al Shepard was returning to flight, um, and I believe he had a at that point experimental surgery. Wasn't, am I correct? right? Yeah, yeah. They actually re- they ran a shunt from the back of his skull into his spinal column to relieve the uh, fluid imbalance that was building the Meniere's disease. Basically, keeps parts of your spinal fluid uh, or cranial. I, I, now, I'm I'm not a doctor. The cranial spinal fluid uh, it it gets stuck in pockets. What the what the doctor did for him was uh, basically run a shunt from the back of his skull into his spinal column that would allow the fluid to move around, and uh, it would you know instead of filling up in one pocket and causing him uh, imbalances and stuff, it would drain, and uh, so he his uh, vestibular organs weren't being drowned in the spinal fluid. You know, it's a marvelous, it was a, at the time a breakthrough in surgery. Unfortunately, you know, having all this kind of surgery and stuff and messing around with your, your skull, um, he was prone to infection. And this infection, although not in, directly related to the Meniere's, brought back his, uh, his vertigo. So uh, swapping, wow. swapping him out for uh, the, next, you know, the next one down the line of 14, that brought uh, Jim Lovell's crew up one. And, yeah, and uh, Shepard uh, would end up going up on 14 and playing golf on the moon. Yeah. Yeah, in the Frau Morrow Highlands where, yeah, exactly. uh, where yeah. the 13 crew was going. So they had both they both trained for the same spot. Yeah. They just land, landed a different lem on it. Interesting that uh, they were that interchangeable. I mean, the, the lem and the command module that Jim Lovell used would have been used. It was 13 no matter who the crew was. So that, that was right. the next one up. Of course, when we're on the air, and I, I haven't looked it up, one of the, the big uh, problems with it was there was a delay on the construction. I believe the construction of the uh, uh, lunar module uh, was delayed for 13. So they had to, they, they basically built the rest of the, well, as we talked about uh, the other day, they built the rest of the Saturn V, and then there was a uh, there's an SLA, a, a service module and a command module, 
that they kind of used to top things off while they were waiting for the uh, the prime you know the prime spacecraft uh, to be finished. So they just kind of put it as a lid on, on the uh, the stack of the of Saturn V. And that uh, and that mock-up, I believe now re- yes, it is actually the the mock-up that was used that that had ridden on top of. 11 and 12 and 13 and all these other ones is now the front end of the Kennedy Space Center's Saturn V. Oh, no kidding. So it so still survives and is actually on display. It's on display. It's there, up there near the roof. And then just below it is the rescue Apollo, which was uh, on standby just in case somebody needed to get uh, taken down off of uh, um, uh, Skylab. Wow. <laughs> And uh, that was that was a standby because of the movie Marooned. So it was, you know, kind of influenced by a movie there. If you go to the Apollo Saturn V Center at Kennedy Space Center, you can actually see two command modules. Only one of them was flight worthy. The other one's a uh, basically a hollowed out mock up that but it's way up in the ceiling. So nobody's it's not going to bother anybody. <laughs> that's awesome, though. I have to uh, check that out next time I'm down there. Yeah, that's about all that's going on for this minute. But I'm sure there's there's, there's a lot coming up this week. And of course, we have some uh, very special guests coming up uh uh, in in the coming days, so uh, please check back with us. Uh, <laughs> we'll get we'll get further into uh, into the, uh, the beginning of the the Apollo thirteen this mission uh, coming up shortly. Uh, oh, for those for those of you who uh, haven't or this is your first episode of listening to our show, welcome aboard. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please go out to Apollo thirteen minute dot com Apollo one three minute dot com and uh, download our previous minutes, or you can sign up to iTunes or Google Play and download previous minutes and have new ones delivered hot and fresh every uh, well, last thing at night, the night before. Uh, it gets dropped on your doorstep. So uh, go out to uh, either iTunes or Google Play, search for Apollo 13 Minute, and we're out there. You can find us also on Twitter if you'd like to talk back to us, Apollo 13 Minute, and also on Facebook at the Apollo 13 Minute Mission Control. Uh, we always love hearing from you and getting your personal insights into uh, what it was like growing up during this or reading about it if you're uh, if you're too young to remember this stuff uh, we have an interesting mix on our audience and we always enjoy hearing your feedback so please join us out on facebook or on twitter uh, please join us tomorrow as we get further into uh, the simulation part of, uh, of this mission so looks like uh, signal loss in about 30 seconds so we will catch you on the other side tomorrow here on the apollo 13 minute